0: Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the WMBF UK podcast with me, Sarah Glanville, as your host. Today, we are joined by our newly crowned WMBF UK men's physique pro and men's physique overall world champion, Charlie Brisbane. How good does that sound, Charlie? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's still weird. Actually, I've literally got my... Uh, yeah,
1: I've got it
0: next to me in the gym to <laughs> remind me. My, my pro card, you know, the big plastic thing that yeah. they gave me. I've got that in my flat still, and uh, I need to get a frame for that to put it somewhere in here.
1: Yeah. To
0: remind me every now and again.
1: <laughs> when you need oh, a reminder. Uh, on a hard set, um, it's an absolute stormer of a season last year. Charlie, has it sunk in? Yeah.
0: There's days where it does, and there's days where it doesn't. Like, it is a a mad thing to to get your head around. Like it was a a crazy crazy year, all in all. And like, I mean, even going to the worlds, like, I definitely had the attitude of, well, I've never had the attitude of I just want to turn up and just make the numbers up. I do want to go out there to have the intention of trying to win. yeah. But at the same time, you don't go expecting it to happen. Yeah. And I mean, to, to get the overall as well, like I, I'm pretty sure when they called me back for the overall, I've still got like a mouthful of peanut butter and because <laughs> I wasn't even sure I was meant to be going back on stage again. I didn't yeah. realize it was an overall. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it was a, a crazy year. And yeah, I, it sinks in more. More and more each day, each day. I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably something that is sort of the dream season almost. Like you've imagined that this possibly could be an op- could have happened at some point, but yeah, when it actually comes to reality, it takes a long time for that to to sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got so much to get through today. Um, we of course need to deep dive into all, into your incredible season, but, and I think our listeners are going to get so much from like how you got. through to that season as well like the journey through prep as well as all the glory at the end so I think a really good place for us to start is for you to talk us through what your 2022 season looked like.
0: Yeah so I mean I wasn't going into 2022 with the intention of of stepping on stage if I'm completely honest like I've done it a lot over the years so like my first competition was back in 2014 back with UK BFF. When I wasn't even aware that kind of drug tested shows were a thing, yeah. I wasn't even aware people were taking drugs and competing. To be honest, back then. <laughs> um, so I've done my fair share of competing, but I hadn't competed since 2018 was my yeah. last last season, and really all that happened was I'd kind of started trimming down for a holiday to to Ibiza in June of last yeah. year. And that was for a client's wedding, actually. And I'd got part way through that, lost a few kilos. And to be honest, that was when I first, I think it was, I think it was Harry Ranson, actually, the men's yeah. physique guy who won the the worlds last year. I came across a post he'd put up of like um the, the British WMBF show and then him going and winning the worlds. Yeah. And that was kind of the first bit of awareness I'd had of the WMBF doing anything in the UK with, with being out of competing for four years or so. And I kind of, I looked at the results and I looked at kind of the the winning physiques and and everything that was going on and thought, well, actually, like, since the last time I'd stepped on stage, it looked like men's physique had moved on a little bit in the physiques were a little bit bigger. You could get away with being, uh, a bit leaner whereas the last time I'd stepped on stage as a, a natural men's physique guy I was actually kind of penalized for looking a little bit too bodybuildery
2: yeah um,
0: so that's when I then kind of came away from it went into bodybuilding for a little while and then kind of left that way it was because really I preferred doing men's physique if I'm being completely honest to yeah. bodybuilding. um So, yeah, I'd seen the results and went out to Ibiza with the intention then of continuing kind of dieting whilst I was in Ibiza and kind of just thought, well, at that point, I think the the supernaturals were about six or seven weeks away. Yeah. It wasn't long, but like I say, I'd already started kind of a cut down. I knew knew I'd maybe got five kilos to lose. Yeah. I knew I could do it. It wasn't fun going to Ibiza necessarily (laughs) and counting calories. and. Being the being the driver, but you do what you got to do oh, uh, if you, you want to win. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the the British came around. Where I mean, it was a great show. I mean, probably one of the best. Well, it was the the, the best uh, natural British show that I've done. Yeah. And I just thought the way it was run, the amount of competitors. Yeah. Uh, Andy and Steph did a fantastic job. Um, I'd had a bit of conversation with them beforehand to kind of get a bit of guidance from them in terms of whether I would kind of suit the category or whether I was kind of wasting my time and I should go into the bodybuilding. Yeah. So they were very helpful with some direction there. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was a really competitive show. Obviously at the British, I came second to to Dave. Um, Yeah. And it was good to obviously then meet him and it was quite good to kind of come away in second place to then kind of think okay well if I'm gonna go to the worlds then I'm gonna have to up my game a bit because yeah to try and win the worlds but you've not kind of won the British then you know there is some work to do
2: totally. um,
0: but it's quite a nice position being where you, you you're the one that's kind of hungry to do a little bit more rather than the person that's being chased I suppose yeah. but absolutely then yeah, there were six weeks obviously in between the British and the worlds, and yeah, the, the rest kind of is history, and yeah. it went better than I could ever have imagined. Um probably got a little bit leaner
1: yeah. and the
0: presentation was a little bit better. Yeah. As always, it's like the more times you're on stage, the the better you'll you'll be for the sake of your presentation.
2: agree. Okay.
0: Um yeah. I had some really good feedback on a couple of things I needed to tweak and obviously that made it made a good difference. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like I say, a bit of a blur and <laughs> I'm sure there's probably pe- questions you want to pick out of, of all of that. So, yeah, throw it back to you.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just a dream season, but I love what you said there about, obviously, you had taken some time away from stage and you were after 2018, kind of thinking, right, where do I sit here? Because the the feedback had been, you were maybe starting to border on being a little bit too big for men's physique, which is not something many people hear, I suppose, that they're they're almost too big for the category that they're wanting to compete in. And then obviously seeing how the sport has evolved over the last four years up up until last year, you know, it's kind of seemed like, you know, actually, I think I can still be competitive here and obviously being incredibly competitive. um, But then also going to speak to... Andy and Steph and how accessible they are before the show to double check where you are in terms of what they think, where is best for you to compete, what category should you step in on stage? Um, is men's physique still right as you were hoping it would be? Um, and that's great, that's an, a tool that more people should probably take advantage of, like the guys are very, very accessible. The same with the judging panel, obviously you had your your feedback after the show on what you could improve on before, what else, which you take advantage of. Um, But again, everyone on the judging panel is probably very, very open to people dropping a message and saying, where do you think I I sit? Like, I think everyone within the Federation is so open to having their input and supporting athletes to get the stage, but also to stand where they belong in terms of the the category that they want to compete in. Um, So I guess you kind of covered it already, but with coming into this season, you obviously you had aspirations to do very well at Supernaturals. Um, did you imagine or did you hope that you were going to get an invite? So what else? Was that on the cards at all?
0: I was hoping to, because I yeah. knew that would come with, like, winning, coming second, maybe coming third. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew that I'd bring the next problem, which was, am I going to do the Worlds? Yes. Um, <laughs> because, like, then that obviously extends the prep. Um, but like I say, I've, I've just never really entered anything from like the egg and spoon race at primary school to yeah. competing at the Worlds without the intention of trying to win it. It's just...
1: Competitive. You know,
0: mentality is around competition. competition. Um, and with that said, it obviously, it depends completely what you want to get out of standing on stage. Like I've met loads of people and talked to loads of people that have done it or want to do it because they want the accomplishment of standing on stage. Because let's face it, like it's something that a very small percentage of people yeah. And just have the, the courage and the bottle to do, let yeah. alone stand on stage and actually kind of like feel good and feel like you're kind of in the right place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it was always like, right, see how far I can take this. Like in 2018, I'd got to kind of world level, then went out with the BMBF and competed out in Miami.
2: Yeah. And
0: that was an. What was the the men's athletic class?
2: Yeah,
0: it was kind of like short shorts, so not bodybuilding, but yeah. not men's physique. Yeah. And I think at that point as well, it was still a bit up in the air on what was kind of getting rewarded. How are people meant to be posing? Or at least that's yeah. kind of how I felt going into that. So, and and for that reason, I didn't do as well as I would have hoped to. I think I, yeah. I got fourth in the end. um so I knew if I was gonna to go to the worlds and get an invite and I was going to go, then I was gonna make sure I didn't go into it without knowing exactly what I needed to do in terms of changes to my physique, if they needed needed to be any, presentation, because it's the presentation side of things that, especially where, well, it doesn't really matter what the category is to be honest. Like If you don't get the presentation right, then it doesn't matter if you're the biggest guy on stage, the leanest guy on stage, like you've got the best abs, none of it matters <laughs> yeah. if you You're present badly. Yeah. yeah, and that's the male categories, the female categories. It can make all the difference. And I've seen some, some guys with fantastic physiques over the years, kind of not place as well as they should, or feel like they could have if uh, they just got the presentation right. right. That's why I went up to to Sheffield, met Josh, one of the other British pros. Went through posing with him, um, like I say, had a little bit of guidance from from Andy and Steph in that realm as well, because it does change from not just category to category, but uh, federation to federation, what yeah. federations want and how they want you to present on stage. So that that was something that I knew I needed to work on going into the world. yeah. Um, and it obviously made a, a good enough difference to obviously get the result I wanted.
1: Yeah. I love that I love that you're competitive and um, I think that when you talk about people wanting to step on stage and having for the experience I, I think everyone who steps on stage in bodybuilding has some element of competitive spirit like I think that just it's the sort of the sort of sport that you have to have a competitive edge I love that you're always competitive I personally I think for me it was all about managing my mindset because I am super competitive but I didn't want to feel disappointed so I was very much telling myself I was taking part to have the experience but I have a lot of respect for people who are just like you know what I want to win and I want to do well and that's that if that's what drives you and that's what gets you through the hard days on prep if that's what drives you in the gym to keep pushing on the days that even in off season that are tough and um, I think that, that that's a fantastic sort of way to think about it and a fantastic sort of driving force I I also love what you said about doing your research and understanding what the federations want from you to be able to do well on stage especially with that competitive element um, in your mindset you know it's so important that you do your research and it's so important that you invest the time not just in prep to get onto stage in condition and with the right musculature but also to present yourself well and I think that goes back to people feeling like they belong on stage if you know what you're walking into you know what's expected of you you know what the pose is to look like and how you're to present yourself and what's coming next because you've done the research that in mm-hmm. itself gives you a sense of belonging on stage I think um so yeah I'm, I mean obviously all that hard work totally paid off for you um pro card and overall titles not one to sort of shy away from that's incredible um but the pro card and the overall title weren't the only titles that you achieved last year, Charlie. You became a dad as well, didn't you?
0: Yeah, that was one of the other trophies, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so there's loads for us to get onto on this topic, because I don't imagine that stepping with a newborn is the easiest way to do it. Um, so you said that you were going through your holiday um, diet to go to Ibiza. And you decided at that point you were thinking you might step on stage. So so how did you decide that 2022 was the year that you were going to return, apart from just kind of getting back into shape over your holiday?
0: Hmm. I think because I'd seen, like I say, the the physiques that, were, that had done well at the Supernaturals last yeah. year and then seeing some of the stage shots of the world, I thought, well, I feel like my physique isn't, far away from that or it's yeah. in the same kind of realm like I say these guys look a little bit more muscular than perhaps the guys that were getting rewarded four or five years ago yeah um and like you say because of having um the arrival of little baby Cleo this yeah April, so she's coming up to her first birthday next month there was a bit of me that was thinking right well it's never going to be as easy as it is now Maybe easy is the wrong word. Maybe it's it's only going to be harder <laughs> from now on. Yeah. That one. yeah. With obviously her growing up and her going from being a baby to a toddler and everything that comes with that. Um so and business and everything was in a good place for me to kind of put the time and the energy aside to to give it a go. Like I the first thing I had to do is speak to speak to my other half about it, speak to my girlfriend yeah. and She actually was with me back in 2018 when I'd last prepped. So she kind of knew what (laughs) she was in for. But when you throw a baby into the mix as well, it's obviously a different animal again. So I had to get the green light from her because you know what this kind of thing is like. It's not the kind of thing you want to do without knowing that your other half's on side and they're kind of trying to understand the process of what you're going to go through. and yeah, when when she said yes, I was kind of like, well, I've got nothing to lose. It's not like I've not been training for the, the four years previous. Like, I love training and I'll always kind of be at a point where I could just drop into a prep and could get lean enough to get on stage in however many weeks. Yeah. But it's not like I thought, oh, I need to take an off-season, build an extra five pounds of muscle or anything like that. I felt like I'd got the muscle and all I needed to do was go through the kind yeah. of cut phase and get the presentation right. And then I would have been thereabouts. And then I just thought, well, let's, let's see how the British goes and just look that far ahead.
1: Yeah, I love that. And yeah, totally. You need to get your buy-in from your other half, I think. If you're, if you're prepping, they're prepping with you to a degree because they have to go through all of the, <laughs> the roller coaster that is prepped um, beside you. Um, and especially with little Cleo, it was, you know, an extra consideration, I suppose, for her and, and you as well, like how that was going to be different and the dynamic of how that was going to be different this time round. So I guess that's a really good question to go on to. What mm-hmm. were the challenges that you faced in this prep that were really different to preps before, considering that Cleo was was so new and, and was here this yeah, time? Of
0: course. Yeah, so I can't lie, it was really tough at times for Mm -hmm. for various reasons um i mean even the the british show uh the supernaturals i traveled up to birmingham the night before the show to settle in get sorted with my tan all that side of things i've always traveled to the the venue the or the the, at least the, the night before and cleo wasn't great she was um we thought she got a bit of a cough and a cold, a bit fluey the, the week leading up to the show. And she actually ended up needing an, an ambulance to come out the the oh, night no. before the show because um, she got a case of scarlet fever, basically. So
2: wow.
0: bacterial infection, um, not fun at all. No. But I didn't really know anything about it until um, going in to compete the next day because my other half, Jess, didn't, Deliberately didn't like message me in the middle yeah. of the night to say, Oh, don't know what's going on, called an ambulance. And I mean, full credit to her for shouldering that and taking that all on without yeah. kind of it being an impact on my kind of day going into the British. Um, so, but then obviously to deal with the fallout of that wasn't particularly easy. Um, and just kind of, you get to the stage in prep where doing anything but kind of work and training is hard. Yeah. Like whether that's like and, and anything extra physical as well. So it for me, like I can remember specifically like avoiding like holding her any more than I had to, because I yeah. almost didn't trust myself to yeah. be able to contain her because she was getting bigger and stronger and wriggling right around. On. Yeah. And like unless it was a dumbbell or holding onto the side of the stepping machine. Like that was what all my energy was being used for. At
2: that particular
0: point I remember in in prep. And I think that was like between the British and the world's that kind of tough six week period. Yeah. Um, The the one thing that kind of made it a lot more manageable that I'm not sure every kind of everyone's girlfriend would let them do, but I uh, basically had my own bedroom. So I didn't have to deal with anything during the night or anything like that with Cleo my other half, Jess, she took all of that on and it just then, it made the difference for me in terms of just making sure I was as well rested as I could be so that I could then go into the next day, do what I needed to do work-wise, do what I needed to do training-wise and unfortunately it still meant by the end of the day I was knackered and I didn't have any any energy left for, for those two <laughs> but that is kind of, that's the issue with prep, you kind of you're going to get the best out of it you tend to find that you've got you've got energy for like any kind of two of three things and the three things are like your your work as in like whether you're a pt or a coach like i am or whether that's like a different career and then you've got your actual training and then you've got kind of your your family your social your your friendships and whatever but obviously the two things you really need to kind of maximize to make sure you you do what you need to do is the training and the, yeah. the nutrition side of things. And obviously you need to keep a roof over your head and feed your family. So your yeah. work's got to take priority as well, which unfortunately yeah. means the uh, the thing that loses out. And it was the thing that obviously then lagged for me was having the energy and the attention to be the best I could be for the sake of my behalf and for Cleo. Yeah. But for for Jess kind of seeing the the way 2018 went, with With prep, she she kind of half knew what she was in for, but yeah, it was definitely a different ball game with having a uh, a little one because it's just another thing that requires your your attention, your energy, and your love. And quite frankly, you don't have a surplus of that no. <laughs> when, when you're deep into prep, and that's just yeah. the the reality that people people need to know if they're, they're kind of considering getting stuck into a, a prep and trying to be competitive,
1: yeah. Absolutely, and I think for for me, like my my experience of prep was exactly as yours was. And me trying to imagine doing that with a young a young family, I, I can imma- I can only imagine like the, the additional challenge because it's exactly what you said. Like as you're getting leaner and as you're getting closer and closer to stage, and you're getting more and more siloed on that show day and and pushing towards it, it is that things do fall away, and it, as you say, it does tend to be. The social element of your life Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds like Jess is an absolute saint, it sounds like she's been probably a huge factor in the success that you had last year, being able to understand what was coming I suppose and also be open to how that was going to be new for both of you with that with, with Cleo being there and the dynamic although she had an understanding of what it was going to be like from 2018 that there was probably going to be stuff that she was going to have to pick up for you to support with Cleo, so yeah. that you could achieve your own ambitions with competing. Um, I mean when you got the invite to Worlds after Supernatural so you kind of said before it was deciding whether you wanted to go. How did you feel about that? Was, was Straight away when you got that invite was, were you thinking I want to do this or was that conversation that you had to have? What was the process of deciding to go to Worlds like?
0: Well I knew straight away that I wanted to do it, yeah, but again, it had to go back to the jury and <laughs> see <laughs> how it was met, because I yeah. would for, for especially for how stressful that British show was, yeah clear having scarlet fever and whatnot, I could have completely understood if 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 my girlfriend had said to me, "Look, it's been a bit rough. I can't imagine another six weeks of this." And yeah. she kind of said. It has been rough, but <laughs> at the same time, I don't want you to ever kind of look back and think, what if? And I had a similar conversation with my stepdad about it. And mm-hmm. he kind of reminded me of a, a golf. I think it was a golfing competition that he missed out on going
2: yeah.
0: to, go, to go and do. And he was probably my age. Um, that was a really good opportunity for him. And he still looks back now, like 30, 35 years on. And says he wished he had gone. Yeah. And I mean, I've always tried to live my life as much on the basis of I, d- I don't mind so much regretting doing things as much as I re- I really don't like regretting not doing things. Yeah. Um and on that basis, I kind of thought, well, if I can get the green light from Jess and make her kind of as comfortable as she can be with it, then I I was prepared to go. Full steam ahead, and yeah. do the absolute best I could based on the fee- if I would had feedback from from the judging that was like, oh, you could do with putting on a couple of pounds of muscle here or there, then I would have maybe been a bit more hesitant. But yeah. because I knew there were changes I could make, mainly around the presentation side of things, I could do that within six weeks, yeah. no problem, yeah. and bring a a superior physique. Then I thought, well why Why not go for it and obviously I did and I'm very happy I did.
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I had the same thought when I got the invite and I was literally come off stage and I was like oh my god I want to go to LA and I was like I'm gonna to have to break this to Steve um, because diff- slightly different scenario to you my prep had just been very very long so obviously I obviously didn't have a baby at home and that was obviously the additional challenge that you guys had but my prep had been since the beginning of January, so when I was stepping off stage in October, saying to Steve, "Let's go for another six weeks," you can imagine his face was a bit like, "Oh God!" That's a hell okay. of a prep. <laughs> yeah, it's a mammoth prep. Um, but yeah, for for me, it was the exact same thing. Where I was like, "I need to get buy-in from Steve," and it's not just a decision that affects me. And of course, I'd love to go, but um, it just goes again to say like how important it is to have the support around you. Because um, although it's you that's prepping, it's everyone in your circle that needs to pitch in and support. And it's great that it's not just Jess. You've got, you know, your like your family, your father, saying to you, you know, like you go for it. Um, take the opportunity to 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 go for it. So I think that that's fantastic, and you definitely made the right the right call. Um, I actually, remember after you'd won backstage, coming backstage to congratulate you, and you were on Facetime to Jess and Cleo telling them all about it and you could just tell like how much that moment meant to you to be able to share it with them even though they weren't in LA with you. So do you want to tell us a bit about their reaction when you won?
0: Yeah, so it was a funny one because I think if I recall, I was speaking to to Jess and Cleo on FaceTime after I'd won the class. Yeah. Um, so we won the, the medium class and...
2: You're pro I mean,
0: Obviously they were... <laughs> ecstatic Jess had been watching the live stream for about six hours yeah because obviously as you know it's a long day (laughs) Mm -hmm. any any kind of well kind of put together bodybuilding show it's always going to be a long day but then we've got the time difference as well so I think for them it was about four o'clock in the morning something like that maybe Yeah. because men's physique typically is later into the day into the show so yeah they they were knackered but very happy um and then actually Jess and Cleo missed the overall because Jess needed it to change Cleo's nappy. <laughs> so <laughs> she, I don't think she realized when we were coming back on yeah. for the overall, or if well I didn't even know I was going on for a, an overall at yeah. that point. So she just got the stream running in the in the background and missed the, the moment of um getting the overall title.
2: Yeah.
0: But then I managed to speak to speak to my mum as well. She'd stayed yeah. up and watched it. There was a few few friends back home that had all stayed up and like I mean, like I say it was a long day for us, but I can't yeah. imagine sitting and watching through the night <laughs> the live stream for literally like eight, nine hours or however yeah. long it's gone for.
1: Yeah, a very long day. There's just so many, so many competitors and it's one of those things with bodybuilding shows. People are always like, What time are you on? And you're like, What how long's a piece of string? I have no idea. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I feel,
0: for, feel for guys that are putting the shows together, because on right. one hand, if people just get hustled and bustled off stage too quickly, then people will moan about, oh, I was only on stage for two minutes, I never got looked at.
2: Yeah.
0: And then if you've got shows that are going on 12 hours long, then people moan about it being a long day. So it's it's very difficult for yeah. kind of for the, for the guys organising these shows to, to get it right. Because there's a happy medium somewhere, but, I mean, it was a big show. It was going to be yeah. a, a long, long day. And yeah. when you're a competitor, you are just clock-watching all the time because you're just yeah. so g up for your class. So it does seem like it's just <laughs> going on forever and ever. Right? Yeah. But that's the nature of the shows.
1: That is it. But it was it was such a great day, and it, it was lovely that everyone stayed up to watch it. I think that's that's so special. You get to share it in the moment. And what a perfect analogy for your prep that Cleo did an apple change, right? For your overall, like she had to just steal the show a little bit at the end there. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm saying that more and more as she's getting older. Yeah, <laughs>
1: sure. Um, so I guess that probably through the prep with the additional challenges, you said it probably found it harder than any preps that you've done before. There's probably a hundred times that you probably could have just said, Do you know what? Not, not the time, this isn't the year. Got lots going on at home, sleep's compromised. Maybe, you know, your missus haven't picked up loads for you and you're wanting to support her as well. I guess I'm really interested to understand what your why was. Like, why did you keep at it? Why was this year you were going to step on stage?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think with having kind of the, the history I've got of competing, and I think if I was, I don't know off the top of my head, but if I was to guess, then it's probably somewhere around, 15 to 20 shows i've probably done yeah since 2014 and i with every show that you do obviously you you get a little bit more experience you learn a little bit more whether that's about the about you as a person whether that's the process of competing um and obviously with all of the the track record i've got of competing i felt like i was going in as as good as i could be in terms of like my, my experience and what I know about the process yeah, and I, in, in some ways like I would agree with you that it's been the hardest prep but in other ways I wouldn't say it was the easiest but I wouldn't say it was the absolute hardest just because yeah. of having so much of a better understanding of of myself my physique how yeah. my training and everything kind of around it kind of compared to say my first first few shows yeah um, I mean it's another topic, but I think it's helped me through not having a coach over all those years to really yeah. kind of forced me to try and figure myself out rather yeah. than put it on the plate of somebody else and, and getting them to do it for me. So there's been a lot of trial and error over the years. And I mean, arguably some shows I could have done better perhaps if I did have a coach, but then like I say, I wouldn't have been forced to kind of figure my own myself yeah. out as a, as a person, as a competitor. Um and yeah, that just I think put me in a position where I then thought, right, well, I know myself better than ever going into 2022 yeah. and looking at what I feel is getting rewarded now in, in men's physique. I feel like I I've, I've got a good a good punt at this. I'm well, I'm 30 31 now. Yeah. So you can talk about like muscle maturity and all that side of things. And you you do need that if you want to do well going into um going into natural shows like there is there's more and more young freaks coming through that (laughs) do just like I think compared to when I started there's just more guys that have have got it together from the very off and it's a more competitive space now so there there is some very good young guys coming through but typically um you do need some good years of training under your belt and that muscle maturity that comes with it so that then you can get on stage and um, again, whether you're in the bodybuilding class, whether you're in a men's physique class, you you're not just lean enough and big enough, but you do have that kind of denser look that yeah. get rewarded across all classes. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if the WMBF does masters classes, but it won't be too many year, too many years before I have to start looking at that. So you could yeah. argue I'm I'm at my physical peak right now, yeah. maybe for another year or two. Yeah. um before i've got to start thinking about arthritis and my hair going gray
1: <laughs> yeah so you were just like this is this is the chance this is the perfect timing like yeah, you say, I, just, so.
0: I just think the stars lined up and like i say if i hadn't been leaning down for Ibiza and got ahead of my diet then maybe i would have thought ah uh, it's a little bit it's a step too far and equally if I'd been told, no, you definitely should go in the bodybuilding class. I wouldn't have felt I'd got enough time yeah. to do what needed to be done because you do need that extra level of condition. You do yeah. need to spend the extra time working on posing and a routine. Yeah. Like. Men's physique, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You're judged on three or four poses and holding them and trying to look like you're having a nice time and <laughs> not much else. Like
2: yeah. it doesn't mean you to
0: nail those things, but with bodybuilding, there's just so much more to it in terms of like, there's so many more boxes that need to be ticked. Yeah. Like I say you've got to get to a next level of condition, which, which quite frankly, I wasn't and probably won't be prepared to go to again. Yeah. Uh, for just how much more that does take.
1: Yeah, it does. And I think it's it's that that crispy condition that's coming through in the natural shows for you to be at a competitive level in bodybuilding now is just immense. It's just a different level of condition. And it's that last bit of the push for that condition that's the hardest. So um, I think as you said as well, like obviously Cleo's here, but she's been, she was the youngest that she was ever going to be last year and probably the, yeah. the smallest, most manageable little bundle that she was ever going to be. So it just seemed like timing was perfect, and and it was obviously completely the right decision because you've had, as I say, a dream season, um, pretty, pretty outstanding. So there's probably a lot of our listeners who have families, young families, um, that would probably get a lot from you giving them a bit of advice on how to handle your prep, how to handle bodybuilding as a whole, like the the whole training journey as a whole. Um, with with a family what would your advice for them be
0: well the way like my business is set up it does help that I mean I could probably throw a tennis ball to Cleo right now (laughs) from like from my doorway into the home gym that I train clients from I do my own training from so that had definitely made things a lot more practical because obviously that cut out the time of traveling to the gym traveling back from the gym um, if I've been needed for for whatever reason then yeah. I'm accessible, um luckily, I can lock the door from the inside as well, so <laughs> if I want to be unaccessible, I can be um, but obviously, that's something that has been amazing for for me, and it's just part of how I've tried to kind of put my life together. I appreciate not everybody can just set up their kind of gym at home to to do a, a similar thing, but I suppose the kind of the advice that would go out to anyone is you've got to you've got to look to kind of prioritize the things that are the the most important and that that goes for like the the training side of things as well don't don't be fluffy with your training don't don't train for two hours at a time like maximize your training when you can train and like really don't overcomplicate things like that's that's something that I see more and more. And if you just like scroll through social media and look at kind of the, yeah. the fitness scene, like yeah. in a, in a lot of ways, it's great that people are going to the levels they are in terms of the, the science and managing every little thing to be as optimal as you can be. Yeah. But optimal doesn't always win shows. Like I did not have an optimal prep. I I was in IB for six weeks before. Yeah. Go into the British and all the stuff that was going on. You, in my opinion, you you, you're never going to be 100% optimal unless you live a very sheltered, very mechanical, caged life, and you you can't strive for that as someone who's a, a family person or someone who doesn't want it to kind of take over their life. Like,
2: yeah,
0: and. But neither do you need to to be successful if you get the big fundamental things done Absolutely. well. Get enough muscle on your frame so that then when you do diet down, you won't be underwhelmed with what yeah. what you see. Be in a calorie deficit, but don't sweat if you have a day where you're a bit over, yeah. or a bit too under. Like look at kind of your look a bit more macro. Look at the the week. Look at the month. Like yeah, and still just you have to accept sometimes that things things don't have to be perfect for you to keep making progress yeah and to to get lost in the in the little things it, you'll end up kind of being your own worst enemy in terms of like a a prep for sure but then if you're just looking kind of at the, the muscle building side of things like if i'm being totally honest i've never had a structured off season in my yeah. life I, yeah. I i just train in a way that i enjoy training I've managed to kind of achieve building a physique that I like the the look of based on what I was always striving for which was yeah. like a a men's health kind of cover yeah. model physique that's what I always kind of aspired to when I was getting into training. Yeah. And I've been consistent and progressive with it for the last what 15 years because yeah. I've enjoyed my training it's not it's not been a chore. It becomes yeah. a bit of a chore when you're obviously prepping and you are <laughs> cutting calories and whatnot but let's face it the majority of your time training should be around building muscle and building the physique and if you don't do that in a way that's enjoyable you're never going to be consistent or progressive enough with it to to bother dieting down and
2: yeah
0: I think I think that's a really important thing for, for people to remember in a day and age where we are obsessed with being optimal all the time it's yeah. like the biggest buzzword in fitness right Absolutely. now and, and like, like I say I I was far from optimal last <laughs> year but it didn't didn't mean I didn't manage to do what I wanted to do
1: yeah yeah I couldn't agree more um it's the I think as a nature of what makes a successful bodybuilder often is the ability to turn your head to on to what you're doing and like Having a bit of a relentless focus towards prep when it comes to stage, but it's also realizing that there's give and take in that. And it's not all or nothing. It's not like if you miss a day or you're you don't quite hit a step goal or you end up having an extra three rice cakes at the end of the day, you've not broken prep, you've not broken yourself. It's having that, I don't know, flexibility with yourself and understanding that it's not every day has to be a hundred percent perfect. It's about consistency over time. And as you say, like really knowing exactly what you need to achieve and focusing effort to it. So like you said, you don't need to spend two hours in the gym. If you can get your session done in an hour, get it done in an hour so you can go spend some time with your family um, or get some more work done or whatever it is that you need to do. But I guess setting realistic expectations that it's going to be tough and that you're going to have all these competing priorities, but coming into it with a bit of a plan of how you're going to do that. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think
0: on the same thing as well, like I said, with talking to Jess about going into the prep before it, like yeah. I can remember, particularly back in 2018, because it was the first time, obviously, she'd been around it. You have to kind of draw it out for someone and say, look, this is, yeah. and it might be the first time you're competing as well. So you might not yeah. really know how it's going to go, but you know, or you should know that it's going to get tough and it's going to get tough because of X, Y, and Z. So yeah. it's really, really important that you put the people around you in the loop enough to know what to roughly expect. You can't tell them when exactly because some okay. days will catch you off guard that you just have particularly bad days, yeah. particularly low energy, um, you're particularly short. I can remember preps in the past where I'll deliberately like, pick the shortest words I can to put in a sentence to yes. reply to people just because the idea of speaking to people is exhausting yes you can't complain and whinge about people kind of not understanding the process if you've not kind of tried to lay it out from the start and absolutely put them in the best position to be able to to deal with you even for me with clients like I I have to obviously face clients most days and to speak to them was really important and say look just so that you know this is what I'm going to be doing and make them part of the process. So they kind of, they feel like they're on the journey with you yes. is a, a really important thing. Cause otherwise they're just going to think like you don't like them all of a sudden, or you're having a bad day or yeah. they're going to think it's, it's them. And
2: yeah
0: quite frankly, like they have to be a priority if that is your, in your job, because like Absolutely. without them, you're not paying for any plane tickets to go to the no. world. Right? <laughs> so, so yeah, your your network and the people that you are around most days, like they they need to be put in, in the loop and be part of the process.
1: Absolutely. People are interested as well. And I think that when it's this air of mystery around what you're doing and they're, they're kept out of it, um, it does, it feels far removed. But it's just as you say, enlisting them to be part of your support system, letting them know what it is that's going on, signposting, um. And you're never going to always get it right. And there's going to be days that that are hard, but trying to, you know, have a little bit of self-reflection as well. Like I find myself quite often being a little bit short and then having to go back and say, Steve, look, I'm just tired. I'm having a bad day. But keeping people in the loop, I suppose, and keeping people on on your side and they know what you're doing, they buy into it.
0: Yeah, with clients, with one-to-one clients, it definitely helped give them some perspective as well. When I'm just asking them to like, eat a bit less chocolate. Yeah. And when they see the, the depths you've got to go to to yeah. do what you do, they look at what you're doing and go, actually, it's not that bad <laughs> what you asking me to do.
1: Yeah.
0: I've only got to get my steps in and go to the gym a couple yeah. of times a week. But yeah, it could be worse.
1: It could be worse. Um, yeah. well, that, that's brilliant. I think that's really, really helpful advice for for people trying to balance that. Is there anything specific? Um, we've also got our first timers show coming up. There anything specific advice wise that you would have for first time competitors
0: yeah so we touched on it a bit already obviously but the presentation side of things yes. is everything like if if i'd got on stage at the the british show and i hadn't of sought out the advice that i needed in terms yeah. of getting my presentation right i would not have come in the top three i would have not got an invite to the worlds and yeah. It would be very easy after competing, however many times I've competed, to have gone into that show and gone, oh well, I've I've competed before, I know what to do. Yeah. I've done men's physique, I know what to do. Like, but it's not the reality. Like you the these shows from federation to federation do vary the criteria. The whole, well, all of the classes have evolved since I very first started competing. Yeah. So it is important that you do get in the loop of understanding what is required from you in terms of your presentation. And especially if you're a first-timer, because I can almost guarantee that any 1st timer show, if you just get on stage and know how to present yourself, you'll be in the top half straight away. Because so many people do go to these shows and haven't got a Scooby-Doo. They will watch a YouTube video of an American men's physique show and think, okay, well that's how like, Brandon Hendrickson or um, Jeremy Bundier posed in 2018 or 16 or yeah. whatever. And that's what I need to do.
2: Yeah.
0: Ryan Terry looks great when he puts his hands behind his head and tends his abs. I'll do that pose. Like, well, if it's not in the criteria, you'll get marked down for you're
1: it. Marked down, yeah.
0: So, yeah, if you're a first timer and you're looking to compete, that is huge. But with that, obviously, then I. I can say there's pros and cons to having a coach going into, into a show. Some I've kind of alluded to already in terms of like learning yourself and your, your own body, your own physique, your own yeah. brain. But there is a lot to be said for getting around people that really do know what they're doing and have done it. Even if that's just for the sake of, well, like what I did with like, I did a a, a video um, posing kind of tuition session with, with Josh Crogan. Again, yeah. men's for the big pro, he'd got his pro card the year before, he'd won the British, he'd come third at the Worlds. Yeah. Who better for me to kind of speak to about, well, what do I need to do? Yeah. Uh, and you've got to seek out the right advice in, in that side of things to really kind of give yourself the best chance to turn up on the day and give yourself the, the best account you can. And even with doing that, like I did, there were still things that after – That competition was like, okay, I could have done better if I did that. Maybe if I tweak this. So there's there's always going to be stuff to learn. There's always going to be improvements you can make. But a lot of that comes from like seeking out the right opinions from the right people. Maybe you do have access to someone you trust to fully coach you if you want to go down that route. If you feel like you need the confidence of having someone in your corner. Because um, I can definitely see the merit of it, especially when you get to those last few weeks where
2: yeah.
0: it doesn't matter how experienced you are, you are going to question things. You are going to think, well, am I looking a bit flat today? Am I looking yeah. too lean? It doesn't matter who you are. You will experience that in those last few weeks. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see the merit of kind of having a coach on board, perhaps depending on on the person involved. Um, but But yeah, the, the main one I would say has got to be the presentation and getting that nailed. Yeah. And obviously WMBF run these workshops now where you can actually physically go and meet other people yeah. and go through the posing criteria for the class you want to do. So it makes every bit of sense to, to do that. Um, and And if not, then there's access to good people that can, like I say, like I did. I did posing sessions digitally. I went up and visited Josh to get some hands-on help from yeah. him. Uh, you you've gotta, gotta seek those people out to, to give you the help that you you'll need.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like you say, pose the do the posing workshops, you can go to them if they're close by to you. The guidelines, the sort of federation rules and um expectations are well detailed on the website as well. And like, like I am a bit of a geek like that. Like I literally sat and read all the federation, what is expected, yeah. what do the poses look like. Think Steph and Andy have got some cool little videos on YouTube actually that go through the poses and what they look like. But yeah, my advice would be the same as you. Don't just take it off a YouTube video because you it's hard to replicate what someone's doing yeah. on a YouTube video if you can't see the 3D of their body. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's um it's so good to reach out and, and get some pointers from people who are experts in the in the field. I mean, people will be coming to you now, Charlie. You yeah. Who knows?
0: Them. Like, who knows? But I mean. I think that the one other thing that's similar to that as well that you get from like seeking out the advice yeah. from, from people that have done it and been around it and are a part of it is you need to go in with a with a realistic kind of expectation of where you're at. And yes. if you're surrounded by yes people and your mum thinks you've got a great physique and you'll do well, that's not necessarily going to be the best kind of <laughs> best grounding to go in with realistic expectations into a show. You, like I say we said it earlier in the in the call like you might want to just step on stage because you want to say you've done it and not many people can do it and great well done like let's face it like if you ask most people what their worst nightmare is it's waking up and standing on stage in their pants in front of a load of people people
1: have a lot (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it's a real cliche nightmare and and we're like training to do it but You've, you've got to have realistic expectations where where you're at, and again, that yeah. comes back to kind of having honest advice from, from the right people, because the, the right people won't lie to you, but you do have to be receptive to constructive criticism as well. If you've been yeah. training for a year, whether you're male or female, like the odds are you're not gonna get on stage and do well in yeah. one of these classes, um, in, in terms of placing, perhaps. Yeah. Especially with the way the standard is now,
2: yeah. Uh,
0: but and if you want to get on stage and and you want to win, right? Then you have to understand that well. Potentially, there's going to be a few years taken out prioritizing building good quality muscle tissue that you're you're going to have to take before you get too excited about shaving your t- your chest and fake tanning. And on yeah. that, that's the other thing. Get your fake tan right, because yeah, even at worlds, I saw people with like like shaving rashes and yeah. not exfoliated properly i've seen a few hairy backs and i just thought how can you put all that work in to then not do the skin prep and the the yeah. shaving like right? for what <laughs> is like a, a day's worth of or a week's worth of just a little bit of tlc like a bit of full body exfoliation whether you shave v whatever your route you want to go down you've got to be in a good position to then get the tan done well and ideally use the tanners at at the um i forget the name of the the tanning guys that did the wmbf uh, muscle tan tan, was that it yeah those guys were phenomenal like helped me out big time patched me up if needed patching up yeah really really good guys equally at the world's the guys there were fantastic as well yeah i've always used the official kind of tanning yeah. people for whatever show I've done because I just I've always thought well it's one less thing to stress about as long as I turn up and I'm I'm hairless and I'm exfoliated <laughs> this tan will go on well yeah and yeah you you don't want to be that person that turns up on stage and you're you're blotchy or you're not tanned enough
1: yeah
0: and hey, takes the stress stuff- out
1: of it yeah like as you say, if there's and even if there for whatever happens, like if there is a little bit of a patch on your tan that the the, the pro tanners have done, they'll fix it for you. Like that's what yeah. they're there for, is they want you stepping on stage looking great in your tan. So yeah. And look, the way to think about your exfoliating and your shaving on show on show week is it's extra cardio. Think of the wee extra calories you're burning and you're exfoliating.
0: I can't believe my girlfriend has to do this like regularly. <laughs> I get fancy doing it. Yeah. I do it like once every few years. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it does make a huge difference. So people have to, especially going into a first-timer show where like I, I think for my first men's physique show back in 2014, I don't think I shaved my legs. Luckily, I'm very fair, so you wouldn't really know that I didn't shave my yeah. legs. But I just didn't know it was a thing. Right. but ultimately the the more hairless you are and the better your tan is, the the better your muscularity is going to appear, yeah. and yeah, like in the same way as the posing. Sometimes, the person who is the leanest and the biggest, or the most aesthetic on stage, it's completely ruined by either bad posing or a, yeah. a tan that's just melting off them.
1: Yeah, just comes down to what we're saying about being prepared, doesn't it? So just speak to people who've done it. If it's your first time, there's so many people out there, especially within the community of the WNBF, who'll be happy to give you some tips to tell you what to expect, whether it's posing, whether it's skin prep, your tan. um, And there's loads of advice that the Federation put out through their social media as well around the different things that you need to consider. So just take advantage of everyone who wants to help and and get yourself prepared and as ready as possible, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On that note, if anybody does want my input on anything, I'm more than happy to answer any kind of messages through Instagram or email. I don't prep people to compete. Like it's never been my speciality within what I do yeah. with clients. I personal train and coach. Like, I can I can be my own client, but I can't imagine anything worse than having ten clients <laughs> that want to all get on stage and yeah. knowing what goes into that. Like full yeah. credit to people who do prep those kind of clients yeah. and work them, but but from a kind of from a standpoint of what I actually work with my clients are more lifestyle clients yeah, busy busy guys um mums that I work with in person yeah. um but I'm absolutely more than happy to give out uh, advice for free if people do <laughs> want to drop me a message of, about yeah. anything then more than happy to and equally if they do want to work with somebody to help them then obviously I've got some good contacts that I'm more than happy to put people in contact with if that's what they want
1: that's fantastic We'll have your Instagram um, listed in the in the show notes, but also on the YouTube. It'll be underneath your face right now so everyone can reach out to you. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Carly. Um, that's been such mm-hmm. a great episode. You know that I can't end today's episode without going through the quick fire question round with you. So I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. I need you to answer instinctively the first thing that comes into your head. Are you ready?
0: Dangerous, but yeah, go.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> cream of rice or protein oats?
0: Protein oats.
1: Post chill meal of choice?
0: Ribs. Lots of ribs.
1: Oh, I love ribs. Okay, pump or stem pre workout? Pump. High rep range or low rep range? Mm, high. Steps or stairmaster?
0: Stairmaster.
1: Free weights or machines?
0: Oh, free weights! Yeah, free weights.
1: <laughs> Are shows one from the front or one from the back?
0: Front. So oh, big that's
1: misconception. Con- yeah. Um, Especially or- in
0: men's physique, because you've got to yes. have a, a face for it and pretty teeth. <laughs>
1: Presentation is so key in men's physique, hasn't it?
0: That was yeah. another tip, actually. Invisalign. If I didn't get Invisalign last, last year, I don't think I would have done as well. <laughs> you wouldn't
1: have been as confident to smile
0: yeah because you do get judged on that if you don't smile and you don't look like you're having a good time then you you will not place well so yeah Invisalign and a bit of teeth whitening goes a long long way
1: there you go Charlie's working for Invisalign he's getting commission um okay where was that off season or prep
2: off
0: season
1: best part of show day
0: You know what I, I've got a really good association with the tan. I like the smell of the tan. like This is something about show day Tan. Yeah. That as soon as I smell the tan go on, I'm like, okay, it's it's on now. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah, until then, you're kind of questioning a lot of things because you don't really know what your physique one hundred percent looks like till so you've got the tan on. Yeah, so every time I've kind of gone and done well at a show, as soon as like that tan is set, i've I've had a look and I've gone, okay, yeah, it's on. We're we're ready, right? So yeah, weirdly, I like the tanning (laughs) bit.
1: I love that. Awesome. And last one, your favourite thing about being a natural bodybuilder?
0: Well, let's face the facts. Like, there just ain't very many of them in (laughs) in this day and age. Like, it is becoming more and more rare. As kind of, it's a complete podcast in itself. But like. Yeah. The assisted side of bodybuilding is becoming more and more prevalent. I think, to be honest, as is natural bodybuilding, like there's more good press around it than there's ever been, but that's just kind of as fitness generally is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, but especially as I've got older and I've seen some guys maybe that have started off natural and then they get to a certain point where they then go, Oh, I've, I'm now going to cross over and go assist it. There is something quite satisfying about staying the course and staying on track yeah. naturally because, yeah, just – I know it, it, it is there both on the male and the female side, but I can only speak from from the male side that there is massive pressures to go down that route at various points in your kind of bodybuilding journey. Yeah. I'm lucky I was very sheltered when I started training I was yeah 13 14 years old and back then it wasn't cool to go to the gym I'd yeah. stuck my weights under under the bed and got them out in the evening and did it in secret yeah and it was, it was a long time until I was aware that drugs were even a thing for yeah. people going to the gym and it is very tough for young guys to to get into training and to kind of stay motivated and stay the course without going down that route when they see so many of their peers jump on a, a cycle of God knows what put on 20 pounds in who knows how long yeah. and just see what looks like accelerated progress uh, ahead of their slow, steady race that it is being uh, a natural. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's something I'm very passionate about in, in that sense obviously it's why why i do what i do it's why i encourage like i say people to to message me if they've got questions because i i think it's really important that guys and girls do kind of put out their experiences and all the positivity that there is around staying natural and everything good that yeah. comes with it because it is kind of a a route that has a lot of potential pitfalls if you go down the other route and Let's face it, most people don't actually want to get as big as yeah. the majority of the guys that go assisted and go kind of to the level of, of competing. They yeah. do just want to look like they could stand on the front of a men's health magazine yeah. or a women's health magazine. Yeah. And you don't need to take drugs to look like that. No. You um, really don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. I think that there's... So much to be said for people like yourself who are proud to talk about being a natural athlete and who who champion for it and I think that there's you're right there is a lot of pressure I think out there from people who are potentially in commercial gyms or you know bodybuilding specific gyms and they're they're surrounded by people who are talking about it using um, steroids or who are encouraging them to try it. Um, the opportunities within the natural bodybuilding scene are, are are epic. If you look at the WNBF as an example, the opportunity to go to world championships, to stand next to some of the best natural bodybuilders in the world, Charlie, you being one of them, um, you know, the opportunity to 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 have access to, you know, you're saying, guys, reach out to me and, and, and talk to me. The level of accessibility and, and the sort of people that are involved at the sport at a high level everyone's in this because they love the sport and they're passionate about it and there is a lot of opportunity to do well and to do amazing things as an actual bodybuilder and I think the WNBF are doing a great job of showcasing that through social media because I think that that's something that the non-tested feds have done well for a long time is showcasing Mm -hmm. the opportunities and the aspirational physiques of people who compete in non-tested shows and it's been all over social media and that's people's exposure to bodybuilding but I think the WMBF are doing an excellent job of trying to showcase the incredible people that take part in the shows in their shows um with natural physiques because I mean let's be serious the standard at the WMBF UK Supernatural's final was incredible like the world it was at world's level like the size of the team that we took out and how well everybody did at worlds like it's exceptional um yeah yeah.
0: absolutely absolutely and like yeah i think people forget with like the natural bodybuilding side of things as well like so many people that are working on the stuff behind the scenes working on the show days they're not making money out of it and all of the promo around all these things, there isn't nearly the amount of money to spend on it as there is in the, the bigger non-tested federations. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons it bugs me a little bit when people gripe about, oh, it costs this much to enter and it costs this much to be a member, cost costs me this much to get a tan. Well, w- what do you think you're paying for? Like, all these people aren't there for kind of the big payday at, at the end of it for kind of putting on the, the drug testing. Yeah holding these these events, these big shows, like they're, they're not cheap, like right? venue costs and whatnot. So, I mean, as a competitor, I'd be happy to pay more. I mean, yeah. everyone the moment, like, <laughs> they probably don't want to pay more, but you've got to appreciate that the, the money goes into the pot to make the shows as good as they can be. And that goes from the, the ground up of actually kind of getting the show is known by lots of people, and all yeah. promo around it to making sure that the drug testing is as effective as it as it can be yeah. on on the day. So it's the the most kind of fair, even playing field it can be. Yeah. Um, but but it is great to just see the the evolution of it. Like I say, being a little bit kind of dare I say a little old now in the competition scene, yeah. especially in men's physique. Like I've seen seen it evolve a lot over the years and it's great to see and ultimately that's lured me back in (laughs) with four years being out seeing what a show the WMBF put on before yeah so then think you know what that that looks like something I want to get stuck into that doesn't that looks to me like natural bodybuilding is is thriving not dying and there was a few years where I thought it was kind of it was it was struggling like I know there were shows that were losing money let alone making any of it yeah and it it wasn't looking great, um, but the WMBF UK has obviously kind of been put together and run very well this first couple of years. It's been in action, and that's full credit to, to yeah. Andy and Steph, really, but also all of the, the team that they've brought on board and picked out to kind of help them. Because no no one person can put all that together. It really is like a, a huge team effort.
2: Yeah. So, Absolutely, Moving down to
0: the, the team captains going out to the worlds,
1: <laughs> even them. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. Everything you said there's so true. So quickly, before we finish today, tell us, what's plans for you? Are you stepping on stage as a pro oh, this year, maybe? It's
0: a big, big can of worms. I'll try to keep it brief, but <laughs> I've, I'm still working on the same ethos as last year. Yeah. where It's like, well, nothing's ever going to be as easy as it is now. Like, yeah, Cleo is crawling around very quickly and I look at her now and think God, am I going to be able to chase her around and catch her when if I'm yeah. pregnant <laughs> um, but she's only going to get quicker and yeah let's face it like she's as she gets older there is going to be more to deal with so there is a bit of me that feels like there is no time like the present and let's get stuck in and kind of see what happens it is difficult when you've got to that standard to look at it and think right well to come off the back of winning the world and obviously qualifying by coming second at the British when the the standard is up there and you've kind of come from here up to here and then you're this much above it left it's very hard to kind of approach it and go yeah I feel like there's there's, there's more to kind of there's more to gain there's more satisfaction to get out of this like yeah. so that is something I have to kind of consider uh, as well like will anything measure up to kind of being the the world champion
2: that
0: experienced being last year
2: yeah
0: with all that said obviously you'd have to do a um a WMBF show before the world's in November to kind of qualify to be there as a pro so there's there's a bit of me that thinks about doing the the Dubai show in August, but it's a long way from the Worlds in November. A smart man would pick a show that goes very close to that Worlds, yeah. which would potentially be the Germany show. Yeah. Um, but again, that's all based on if you're intending on attending the Worlds. Yeah. You might just want to go do one show. Did yeah. it dip your toe in being a pro, seeing how, how it falls, and then kind of revisit it another year? I don't yeah. know. So... I'm I'm probably going to give myself until the end of next month. So the end of April, because then realistically, if I was going to kind of compete, I would need to start putting some plans in place. And again, I'd have to go to the boss and get the green light from her on whether it was going to happen. She has said that if it was to happen, then this year would be better than any other. Because if, if we're kind of fortunate enough, then there, there may be uh, a point in the next couple of years where Cleo has a little brother or a yeah. sister and then that would be absolute hell <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> trying
0: to prep with two of them. Um,
1: yeah. So Lots but there's, of options.
0: there's options, Options, yeah. which is nice. Like it's nice to to have the options, not feel like oh, I've got to do this specifically or that because of X, Y or Z. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take another month and then... Yeah you'll you'll be you'll be one of the first to know oh, I'm <laughs>
1: excited to hear um we just need to work on Steph and Andy there's enough of you men to speak boys and pros oh, in
2: British the show. UK
1: to do a British I think that so that's just my humble opinion um but you know over the next couple of years as the as more pros are crowned in the UK we'll hopefully be able to start delivering on that um I know that there was a little bit of chat about whether we could, they could try and see if they could make that work this year, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not.
0: Yeah, um, it, it would be very tempting because you yeah. do have the issue, obviously, if you go and compete as a pro at the moment. You've got to go abroad, and yeah. that takes with it kind of – you've got the cost element, you've got the time. That means for me, time away from, obviously, my family, yeah. time away from clients. So it is a it is a big commitment, and then potentially if you're going to do it again to then go to the worlds. It's a lot. So, it's a, there's a lot at at stake once you kind of go and decide to do it. But yeah, if, if they decided to do a, a pro <laughs> show this year, then that would give me a headache for yeah. a UK show. But I know the the boys that uh, that could do it in the UK. I'm I mean I think David signed that piece of paper quicker than quicker than oh anyone. God. He,
2: yeah,
0: he, he, I know he's pushing hard for wanting a a British show. No. Um, so yeah who knows maybe this year if not potentially in the, in the next few but it would be it would be a great progression to see like considering
1: yeah.
0: the, the federation is so young in in its yeah. UK. But yeah. who knows?
1: one to watch i'm excited for it um fab thank you again so much charlie for your time chatting to me today it's been a great conversation and thank you to everyone who's listening along at home we really do appreciate you in two weeks, I will be back with episode six and it's time to speak to the one and only Zoe Lehman watts the natural physique, the WMBF Pro overall women's bodybuilding world champion, DFAC Pro world champion and NPA British champion, all achieved last year in 2022. Um, so I know that you've seen Zoe on stage at World's Charlie. Go and sum it up for us in one word.
0: Well, I wouldn't like to be stood on stage next to her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would feel fat.
1: <laughs> Shred, but shredded, like conditioning. An like, I not believe. Um, so Zoe and I will be deep diving into a great chat about what it takes in an off season to build the level of muscularity that Zoe has achieved as a uh, female natural bodybuilder, and also what it takes to achieve the level of conditioning that she has to get on stage. Which, as I say, if you haven't seen her stage shots, go and check them out. She's absolutely, su- absolutely superhuman. Um, Zoe is. A serving member of the military so we'll also explore how this impacts her bodybuilding so I'm really looking forward to that one until then thank you again Charlie thank you everyone for listening have a brilliant few weeks and this has been the WNBF UK podcast check out CNP our sponsors and sign up for our events at wnbfuk.com